and I saw this. I saw the shy reaction. She perceived danger to herself, which is totally wrong. And I talk so much about this because we we behave psychological and physical danger. We have the same chemical reactions in our body. She started to back away from me, afraid that I was going to drag her over to the chef. And I just, I went like, I, there's nothing I can do except sit down with her later and say, I know what you were telling yourself. Here's what could have happened. And was, and cause you're calculating the odds of the worst case scenario. But the reality is he could have said, oh, that's great that you're going to pastry school. Uh, do you want to come back in the kitchen and see how we do all these special desserts? Or he could have said, I'm really interested in having an intern during the summers in our kitchen. Is that something you'd be interested in? This episode is sponsored by Inward Bound Mindfulness Education, IBME. We hear people talking about mindfulness, but why would we want our kids to learn how to pay attention to the present moment with kindness and curiosity? Well, research has shown the benefits of mindfulness to include increased self-awareness, improved focus and impulse control, decreased stress and anxiety, skillful response to difficult emotions, and increased empathy. And research on the impact of IBME retreats shows teens experience increased self-compassion and life satisfaction, as well as decreased rumination and reactivity following their retreat. Basically, it's what we strive for at Mighty Parenting, emotional wellness and greater contentment for our kids. IBME has many programs and opportunities for our teens and young adults, and even parents, to learn and practice mindfulness. Just visit ibme.com slash mightyparenting to see what's available. And while you're there, be sure to enter your email to stay updated on new offerings. Hi, I'm Sandy Fowler, and you're listening to Mighty Parenting, a podcast where we explore parenting in a way that helps us and our kids find more happiness and fosters emotional wellness, even while solving problems with our teens and young adults. We learn through advice and stories from experts and other parents, and I'm so glad you've joined us. So welcome to Mighty Parenting, where we have real, raw, and relevant talk about raising teens and parenting young adults in today's world. Our conversation today is with Fred Joyle. Fred is an author, speaker, entrepreneur, and business advisor. He co-founded the most successful dental referral service in the country, which I think all of us have heard of, which is 1-800-DENTIST. He's previously written two books on marketing, dabbled in stand-up and improv comedy, acted in bad movies and excellent TV commercials. And today he is joining us to share insights and strategies with us from his latest book, Super Bold, From Underconfident to Charismatic in 90 Days. Fred, welcome to Mighty Parenting. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I, as we said before we started, there's so much we want to talk about. So we're going to hit the most important things first because we could talk for days about this. And your book, you know, your title makes a really bold claim, pun intended, that mm -hmm. anyone can be bolder in 90 days. And I want to talk about that. But before we go there, I would like you to tell us why. Why would we want to be bolder? Why do we want to encourage our kids to be bolder? What's the point? Does it really matter? I think what happens to most people, and it certainly happened to me for a lot of my life, is you start to stack up these regrets from 
times when you hesitated, when you didn't speak up or step up or seize an opportunity, whether it was fun or meeting somebody you really wanted to meet, whether it's an actor or an athlete or a potential mate or date. Uh, and so it takes boldness, which is, and it's important to clarify, people say confidence and boldness, they're the same thing, aren't they? It's like, no, confidence is how you feel. Boldness is taking that confidence and going into action, doing stuff so that you can chase your dreams. Bold people are the ones that make the most difference in the world. If you want to be one of those people that makes a difference in the world, either as maybe you're just as a great parent or a, a great basketball coach for your high school team or assistant coach, whatever you want to be great at, it's going to take bold action to really realize your dreams. And a lot of people get to the end of their lives saying, I should have done, and the list is long. I'm trying to keep people from doing that. And I'm trying to get people to understand it when I wish I learned it. At, in, my, in my teens and in my 20s, I, I aggregated this knowledge over many decades, and I was really shy when I started. So I, the reason I know anybody can do it is because I did it. And you can do it much faster. Well, it's interesting to hear you talk about boldness. Well, first of all, let's talk about that with confidence. I can be incredibly confident that I could do something and yet still never take action. Whereas boldness is actually taking the action, whether we feel confident or not, right? Yes. And, and people, some people are confident until it matters most. That's a lot of the problem. They're, they're like, they're comfortable with, they're not shy all the time or they're not underconfident all the time, but when it matters, they don't have a, a, a mechanism for stepping up and, and pushing themselves through that discomfort to getting to where they want to go. Bold people have made it their default mode to act in a bold way. And it, and it makes all the difference in their lives. And I'm not talking about, you know, somebody who's out there showing off and taking advantage of people and stuff like that. This is about who you are and who bringing your full self into every situation and feeling like you belong everywhere, wherever you are. That's kind of one of the mantras I put out there is wherever you are, tell yourself, I belong everywhere. And it shifts everything because many times we're telling ourselves oh, I don't fit in, I don't belong, or they wouldn't want to talk to me, or that we, we got voices in our head uh, with terrible advice and worst case scenarios. Bold people hear that, but they don't listen. They, they act anyway, and, and they have fun, exciting, fulfilling, satisfying lives because of it. I think there's, there are a lot of ideas that we have around some of the words that you're using. So we talked a little here about boldness and courage and how they're different. And you've mentioned the word shyness. I appreciate in your book, the way that you talked about shyness. Could you share a little bit about your perspective on that with us? Yeah. A, a lot of people trap themselves by saying I'm shy when their shyness is one of their behaviors. They behave in a shy way in certain situations. They are not shy 
at the Thanksgiving dinner. They are not shy when they're out with their friends at the movies. They are shy in certain situations. So instead of defining it as who you are, make it one of your behaviors that you can change because that's the reality. I behaved in an incredibly shy way in many situations growing up. Now it's almost no situation. I still know that feeling, but I don't respond to it. I don't use that as my behavioral mode. I default to acting boldly because I know something interesting is probably going to happen. That was one of the things I appreciated is that you talked about different times and places where people could be shy. And that's what it was. It was just certain kinds of situations. It could be shy about public speaking or shy in a relationship. Or another interesting one is you talked about some people are shy when they're in a group and some people feel shy when it's one-on-one. And just the yeah. idea, I don't know, I think you listed like 10 different there's, there's ways different or places. different types of, of, of shyness, you know. I mean, you could be just completely paralyzed shy, uh, or you could just be shy uh, in, you know, in a public speaking situation or in a group of strangers or at parties. Uh, or, as you said, with with one on one with people, you just go, you get tongue tied. You go like, I don't I don't know what to do. And some of what I do in the book is just talk about all of these communication and social behaviors that people don't teach you in in school. How do you make somebody feel like the most interesting person in the room? That is an incredible life skill, and it's really easy to do, but nobody teaches you how to do it. And so to know how to do those kind of things changes everything for you. All right. So first I have to ask, how do you make someone feel like the most important person in the room? It's, I have, I break it out. I call it the laser technique. The first thing is to listen to only them. Listen without thinking about what you're going to say. And then when you have the urge to say something, ask them something. And that's the second real key. You can be really interested in, in somebody by asking them questions, asking them questions that are open-ended, not how you doing. That's not a question. That's a greeting. Okay. What's the most interesting thing you've done this week is a, is a question that opens people up. And you can, and, and instead of the, like, this is the other thing people do is like, when they ask a question, they jump right in with their response. They say, uh, somebody will say, oh, I just got back from London. It was really great. And instead of, it's, they respond, the other person responds with, I was in London and I went to a restaurant and Rod Stewart was there. And, and I went over and I got his autograph. It's like, they go off on this. And, and then the person who says, I went to London, I, I just uh, I saw the Tower of London, Westminster Abbey and, you know, and, and went in the, the, the London Eye. That's all I did. So that instead you say, tell me more about that trip. And you can just keep digging. You don't have to talk about yourself. But the trick is to stay focused on them and only them. Don't be looking around at who else you could talk to, which means you have to be good at making eye contact. 
and looking and listening to people, staying focused on completely what they're saying and listening to it. And then even when you break away, you don't just let the conversation peter out. You say, it was really great talking to you. There's a couple other people I wanted to meet or I, I've got to go do something else right now. But it was really interesting what you said about London. And I can't wait to check that out. And I hope to see you again, Sandy. And then you break away. A lot of people do that. They do the walk away as they uh, goodbye, which means I'm, I'm losing interest. So I'm moving away. And the reason you want to do this is this makes they will, if you're at a party, they will walk around the room telling people how interesting you are. And they will have and they'll say, well, like what? Well, I just, you know, it's so great to talk to. It's because they got to talk about themselves. They, I've, I've met people who thought I was really interesting. They know nothing about me because I just asked them about themselves and I locked on them like they were the only person in the room. And it. it it creates a whole different vibe. I've watched really good. I watched Bill Clinton do this when he was campaigning for his first presidential campaign. And I, I watched him do it with 200 people in a row, one at a time. And I marveled at it. I went like every one of those people walked away like they like he was incredibly interested in just them. And it's it's a life skill, but it's easy to do. You just have to get rid of your bad habits. And I know you talk about everything we talk about today, you go through in great detail in your book. And I just want to take this for a minute. Mighty parents who have subscribed to my free email series know this is one of the things that I talk about in there and the concept of talking to our kids, paying attention to them, not thinking about what you're going to answer, asking them open-ended questions. What do you think about that? How did that feel? And your your guidance through this is so incredibly powerful as a parenting tool. And that's what I wanted to ask you about your ideas about being bold. I'd love to know how you see boldness as something that we as parents can use to improve our parenting or our relationship with our kids. How can we make our parenting journey better with your ideas around boldness? Okay, so one of the things that it takes boldness to do is to let your child fail, is to let them bounce around the world and find out what really happens without you protecting them all the time. Uh, I, I always look at my mother who raised a child with polio, my older brother, and she let him play outside like a regular kid. And he would come in bleeding every other day and she would tape him up and send him back outside. And I'm sure it was agonizing for him because she wanted to protect him. But instead he grew up with a, a tremendous amount of physical ability because he was always pushing his boundaries. She was never protecting him. Um, and we never applied the word handicapped to him. It took, he, he's, he's, 60 plus years old, he finally got a handicap sticker for his car after 60 years, uh, you know, 40 something years of driving because she was bold enough and she was a very bold woman. And so, but, and, but she, she said, the only way I'm going to let him grow up is if I bite the bullet. And that's hard. 
And there's this, you know, it's boldness in communication. If, if you are, if you see your child, let's say in an underconfident situation, you know, it takes boldness to not go, oh, just talk to them. You'll be all right. Just go talk to that person. There's a reason why they can't. So instead you say, what do you, tell me what you're telling yourself right now. What's, what do you think is going to happen? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? And let them talk about that. Oh, well, they might laugh at me or I, I feel, you know, I feel, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, be humiliated or, you know, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. And you say that, so, so what? So what if, what if, if something good happened, what would that look like? What's the best thing that could happen? I had that happen with a, with a friend of mine. I was at a Christmas dinner and uh, his daughter was going to pastry school and the chef came out to talk to us. And I said, you, I said to her, you know, you should go talk to the chef. And she goes, oh, no, no, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And I said, and I, and I saw this, I saw the shy reaction. She was, she perceived danger to herself, which is totally wrong. And I talk so much about this because we, we behave psychological and physical danger. We have the same chemical reactions in our body. She started to back away from me afraid that I was going to drag her over to the chef. And I just, I went like, I, there's nothing I can do except sit down with her later and say, I know what you were telling yourself. Here's what could have happened. And was, and cause you're calculating the odds of the worst case scenario. But the reality is he could have said, Oh, that's great that you're going to pastry school. Uh, do you want to come back in the kitchen and see how we do all these special desserts? Or he could have said, I'm really interested in having an intern during the summers in our kitchen. Is that something you'd be interested in? He's not going to say, get out of my face. He's not going to say, I don't talk to people who, who are just in school. He's not going to say any of these things that she has, she has played this horror movie in her head about. But I couldn't drag her into that situation. I, my book is about step-by-step step building your boldness muscles. So when that situation comes up, you do step up. You do say something. You go right through your discomfort and say, I'm going to introduce myself to that person. And I'm going to think of what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, oh, I really love the way you designed the desserts. That was, that was so exciting to see because I'm going to pastry school right now. Boom. That's, you're off and running in the conversation at that point. But she would have had to prepare that in her head and she would have had to step into her discomfort zone to do it. Her boldness muscle wasn't strong enough. My book is about building that boldness muscle up in a gradual, controlled way so that when it matters, you do step up. You know exactly what to do. You know exactly what voice not to listen to in your head. As parents, I can absolutely see this. You know, we see our kids, we see the opportunity, we want them to have it. And so out of our own lack of knowledge, our own ignorance, we will tend to just go, just talk to them, just talk to them. It'll be okay. And as you pointed out, 
their body's in stress response. They physically cannot think because we're going to go geeky for just a second. The amygdala in our brain hijacked the prefrontal cortex. So the reptilian brain has the, the save me, keep me alive brain has hijacked the danger. danger. Yes. Right. Danger is flashing in that amygdala. It has hijacked everything else and they cannot think. So I love that you pointed out that in the moment as a parent, our bold choice is oftentimes to sit and wait and then have a conversation later. So there's so much here. I know that Fred, however, can you give us, can you give us maybe a a little overview or get us started on one, how we can start building our own boldness muscles? And then two, how could we help or encourage our kids to build their own. Cause it's another thing we know here at mighty parenting is we can't make our kids do anything. They're human beings. They make their own choices. However, we also know that we can create environments and situations and be supportive and helpful. So how do we build our own and how do we encourage our kids? You've got to function like a wing person to them at the most. Uh, and, and you've got to give them the ideas but you, you, you give them a nudge, not a shove in any of these situations. And when you see them resisting it, that's when you know I, I'm, I, my dosage is too strong. I'm trying to make it too big a lesson. So as a parent, you can start say, let's do fun exercises that, that'll stretch your, your, your muscle in the social world. You don't even have to say a boldness or a confidence muscle. You, it, it could be something as simple as tell the waiter what you want to eat. Um, you, you bring the check over and pay the check. Um, you find out, you say the barista's name at Starbucks and say, thank you and say their name. Just start that simple. And, if you st- and that's the whole thing is like control the dosage of the experience to what they can handle and you don't know what that is you have a parent you have a you you develop a sense because you know the reaction but imagine if you said every time we go to Starbucks you're going to you're going to say thank you to the barista but you're going to say her name because you see her name tag and then let's do it at the grocery store too and then when we get our drinks at Starbucks, here's phase two. When we get our drinks at Starbucks, we're going to take a sip and we're going to say, excuse me, Angela, this is perfect. Because you know what Angela's expecting? She's expecting a complaint. And you're going to, that your kid is going to get to experience what it's like to make somebody feel good about themselves. And they're going to want to go sprinkle that fairy dust everywhere they go once they realize how easy it is and how good it feels. So you have to start simply. Then you're gonna step it up. Then you're gonna say, you're in, let's say you're in a grocery store and you say, you see that sign that says employees only? Go in. Okay, go, no, you just freaked me out, Fred. <laughs> I'm yeah, a rule I'm, follower. I can't go yeah, in there. I know, I know. You know what? There's no law against going in there. There's a sign that says employees only. This is a boldness exercise. Walk through the door and you'll find out nothing happens. Nothing bad. No one will beat you to death. 
no one will say anything mostly because you went back there. So you must belong there because the only thing that keeps you out is the sign. So that's an interesting point, though, right, is. You know, you talk about the mantras like you belong everywhere and. We forget that every choice we make is just about the thoughts in our head. And a lot of those thoughts have been placed there by society. And then we have oftentimes amplified them and blown them up way out of proportion and then create this fear around what happens if we quote unquote, break the rules or whatever it is. You know, what happens if I talk to this person? What happens if I make noise in this place? What happens if I dance like a lunatic? What happens if I laugh like a lunatic? I did that, embarrassed my girls. I, I was working on releasing emotion and enjoying the good emotions and saw cards in a store and just let myself laugh out loud and then looked for more cards to do it. My girls just walked away. <laughs> of course. Like, you know, I got about 30 seconds. Let's <laughs> right. They gave me about 30 seconds and then they just looked at me and they left. But, you know, but who says that you can't do these things? And again, too, in that situation, what happened? All I saw happening around me was other people smiling. Maybe they were laughing at me, but it just made them happy. It didn't harm me in any way. So, so we have these rules and these ideas and these thoughts. And what I hear you telling me is we can help our kids slowly move past them. Well, and let's say you went to the movies, you, you know, they're, they get embarrassed laughing. You said, take them to the movies. They, they just saw the latest Spider-Man. At the end of it, stand up and yell. I love that movie. Okay. It's an amazing exercise because nobody in the place is going to go, what's wrong with that person? Right. They're going to go, yeah, I, I loved it too. And they may go, yeah, me too. They may like, and you know, who knows? They may join you in it. I mean, like walk into a candy store and just yell, I love chocolate or an ice cream shop. And just like, I love ice cream. Just nothing bad happens to you except in their minds. And so one of the exercises that you can slowly get them to learn to do is say, let's figure out whose opinions should really matter to you and how much should they matter? And, and then you, the idea is to get them to the point where they say, oh, well, I really care what uh, my family thinks, and I care what my teacher thinks, and I care what my friends think. And then there's a couple of people in school that I really care about what they think. And then you say, and what about the rest of them? Well, I, th their, their opinions don't really matter. They shouldn't matter. I, and you get to say, exactly. So why are you worrying? Why do they get a vote? When you say, oh, these people are going to laugh at me, you just want to say, who? What people? Do you know them? Do they actually know you? Or are they just taking a snapshot of you? People are not thinking about you. This is a really important life lesson. People are not thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think they are. Yeah, you have your four insights, and I would actually love it if we can go through those because that's huge right there. And it goes back to exactly what you said at the beginning, even in having conversation. All people are thinking about is themselves. It, it's just it's the way we're wired or the way we're trained in our culture. I'm not sure, maybe a combo. But I love these insights that you have. People are not thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think they are. Um, and, and if they are thinking about you, are they right? If they think you're an idiot, does that make you an idiot? 
right? If they think you're foolish or, or badly dressed, that doesn't mean that's what you want. That's just what they think. You don't have to take it on. It's a choice you make. It's a choice to be embarrassed. We don't think it's a choice, but it's actually a choice. And when you learn that, you just go along with it and you just go, why, why would I worry? They don't know me at all. Why would I worry about that? And it's a, it's a giant shift in our mindset because deep in our primal need is to fit in because in the African plane, if you didn't fit in, you got kicked out of the tribe and you died. So it's really in the code. So we have to break out of it to, to have interesting, fun, exciting lives, meet the people we want to meet, say the things we want to say, try the things we want to try. That's where the real life is because life is going by. It, when young people, they think they're going to live a million years and they behave that way. But we know that the decades start clicking by and all of a sudden, you, the things you didn't get to are 20 years ago that you wish you got to. So that's the hardest lesson to teach. <laughs> right. right. Well, and that was that was three of your four insights, right? Your four insights where people are not thinking about you anywhere near as much as you think they are. In reality, you're almost never in real danger. It just feels like you are. Like you said, that goes back to our primal instincts to be part of part of the herd and be protected. And your third, well, the fourth one was you need to give yourself permission to have the life you want, which you just talked about. The third one, which you didn't mention yet, was it's time to start listening to Dr. Yes. Dr. No is feeding you false information. You want yes. to just elaborate on that a little bit? Well, then it's let's go back to my story with with my my cousin's daughter. Is Dr. No was saying, oh it's going to be embarrassing to talk to him. He's not going to be interested in me. Uh, she, she was, had all of these things that were playing in her head. Um, and that's Dr. No, that's the voice that says, they're all going to laugh at you. You're going to be embarrassed. You're going to get hurt. You won't know what to say. Uh, they won't be interested in you. We can come up with all of these things. We're just terrible at calculating the odds of that actually happening. Because what happens, what bold people know is the odds of those things happening are very limited, especially if you approach them with a certain amount of confidence and, and boldness. Is That's not what happens. So Dr. Yes says, but maybe he'll be interested in showing me the kitchen. Maybe he'll give me a tour of the kitchen and I'll see how they make the desserts. Maybe he'll offer me a job. Um, Maybe he'll recommend some other place where I could get a job. Maybe he'll just tell me how he got started on his career. And wouldn't that be interesting? Maybe he wants to come to my school and teach a class. All of a sudden, Dr. Yes has come up with 10 things that are much more exciting than just worrying about being embarrassed or humiliated, which is unlikely to happen. Yeah, the mantras, the insights, those alone are gold, which we've talked about today, as well as the conversational side. You know, we talked about parents talking to our kids, but what you were also, what you were doing is you were teaching us how our kids can speak to people, learn to talk to people like they're the only person in the room. And that helps you. Well, it helps you two things. One, you said just enjoy life more, have better experiences. 
how much more interesting is it to leave that event or that party or that whatever, having heard something really interesting from somebody, having gotten to know somebody a little bit better rather than just spewing something about yourself. So number one is better experiences. And number two is creating more opportunity. Real connection is what creates opportunity in the world. So I love that and I appreciate it. Fred, for anyone who wants to learn more from you, where can they find you? The easiest place is my website, which is fredjoyle.com. That's J-O-Y-A-L and no dots or dashes or any of that stuff. Um, So, and my books are on Amazon. They're not in bookstores because I'm self-published, but uh, you can buy the hardcover, you can buy the Kindle version and the audible is me reading it. And if you do a digital version at fredjoyle.com, you can download a PDF of all the exercises because the book is about doing stuff. The book is not something to read and go, oh, these are great ideas. It is a book about taking action. That's why in 90 days, you can transform yourself, whoever you are, wherever you are, you will make a giant leap forward and you'll work on it. I'm still working on my boldness all the time. I, I find situations where I have to challenge myself, but fredjoyle.com, you can get the PDF. You can download the first chapter. You can even book a half an hour session with me. If you just say, look, I can't get out of the house, right? I need some help. Somebody t- or, or how do I talk to my kid about this specific thing? Book a half an hour with me. We'll talk about it. We'll get that kid out of the house. And that's one of the things I love about action-oriented work like that is we can choose to start working on it and we can be talking about working on it and inviting our kids to join us. Because again, you can't make them do it. And I don't care if you think you're the most outgoing person in the world and your kid is the most shy and shy in the most situations. The fact of the matter is, is that as you said, Fred, we all have limits. We all have boundaries. So we can all grow and become more bold. And then we can invite our kids on that journey with us. So thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Thank you, Sandy. It's been great. And thank you, Mighty Parents, for being here, for being part of the Mighty Parenting community. Remember, if you're here, you're listening, you are a Mighty Parent. So you got this. And I will see you next week. Mighty Parents, thank you for joining me for this episode of the Mighty Parenting Podcast. If you're ready for more, visit MightyParenting.com, where you can get your free email series, How to Talk to Your Teen, with tips for communicating with your teen in a way that builds connection and communication. And of course, remember to share the podcast with another parent to support them on their parenting journey.